Live updates, U.S. evacuates embassy in Sudan. Abdi Latif Tahir Abdi Latif Tahir Declan Walsh Lindsay Shuttle Abdi Latif Tahir Declan Walsh Matina Stevies Gridnaf Matina Stevies Gridnaf Declan Walsh Abdi Latif Tahir Abdi Latif Tahir Abdi Latif Tahir Abdi Latif Tahir Declan Walsh Declan Walsh Charlie Savage Abdi Latif Tahir Cassandra Vinograd Declan Walsh Declan Walsh Abdi Latif Tahir Declan Walsh Cora Engelbrecht Declan Walsh Abdi Latif Tahir President Biden announced the rescue mission as fighting in the capital, Khartoum, stretched into a second week. Within hours of the U.S. move, other countries and the United Nations also mobilized to evacuate diplomatic staff. Pinned. April 23, 2023, 6.42 a.m. Eastern Time. Charlie Savage, Michael D. Shear, Declan Walsh, and Abdi Latif Tahir. Here are the latest developments. The U.S. military evacuated American embassy officials from Sudan's capital early Sunday morning, starting an exodus of foreign diplomats amid continuing violence as rival military leaders battled for control of Africa's third-largest country. The White House announced the move in an overnight statement from President Biden. Today, on my orders, the United States military conducted an operation to extract U.S. government personnel from Khartoum, Mr. Biden said in the statement, referring to the Sudanese capital. Almost 100 people, mostly U.S. embassy employees, were evacuated using helicopters that flew in from the nation of Djibouti, about 800 miles away, according to U.S. officials. Just over 100 special operations troops were involved. Within hours of the U.S. evacuation, other countries and foreign groups also mobilized to leave Khartoum. A convoy of vehicles carrying United Nations personnel left the city from the group's headquarters in Sudan, according to a U.S. official. France and the Netherlands also said they had begun to evacuate their nationals. The moves came on the ninth day of brutal fighting in Khartoum and other parts of the country between the army and a paramilitary group called the Rapid Support Forces, whose leaders are vying for supremacy in Sudan. At least 400 people have been killed in the ensuing clashes and 3,500 injured, according to the United Nations. They include at least 256 civilians who died and 1,454 who were wounded, according to a doctor's union. Many Sudanese people fleeing the conflict have been trying to leave the country via land borders. But several citizens said their relatives or friends had faced challenges, including not having valid passports or visas for neighboring countries. The fighting has left many people stranded at home without electricity, food or water, and doctors and hospitals say they are struggling to cope. Here's the latest. Road travel from the capital involves considerable risk. Khartoum is 600 miles from the border with Egypt and 525 miles from Port Sudan on the Red Sea, about the same distance as from New York City to Columbus, Ohio, but through areas contested by the two sides. More than 15,000 people from the western region of Darfur have fled into neighboring Chad, and humanitarian organizations have reported being unable to work amid the incessant fighting. There are believed to be about 16,000 Americans in Sudan, mostly dual nationals. But one U.S. official said that the government thought that only a small number of American citizens who are not government officials, about 60, intended to leave. Advertisement April 23, 2023, 6.53 a.m. Eastern Time
April 23, 2023, 6.53 a.m. Eastern Time. Declan Walsh. French Special Forces brought evacuating diplomats and citizens to a hangar at a military airfield to await further onward travel, according to a Western official in touch with the group. The official, who spoke on condition of anonymity given the sensitivity of the operation, said one evacuee had been wounded by a bullet and was receiving treatment. April 23, 2023, 6.51 a.m. April 23, 6.51 a.m. Eastern Time. Lindsay Chutel. As supplies dwindle, the International Committee for the Red Cross said its office in the Darfur region and a warehouse storing medicine and aid north of Khartoum had been looted. There's just an increased state of general lawlessness as fighting continues, Aliona Sinenko, the committee's regional spokeswoman, said. April 23, 2023, 6.42 a.m. Eastern Time. Abdi Latif Dahir. Egypt's foreign ministry said its diplomats would not leave Sudan until they ensured that all their nationals were evacuated. In a statement, the ministry said that there were about 10,000 Egyptian citizens in Sudan and that evacuating them would require a tight, safe and organized planning. A staff member of the embassy was also shot amid the recent violence, the statement added, without providing further details. April 23, 6.39 a.m. Eastern Time. April 23, 6.39 a.m. Eastern Time. Declan Walsh. A long UN convoy is en route to Port Sudan from Khartoum, according to a Western official in contact with the convoy. The person, who requested anonymity given the sensitivity of the operation, said that dozens of buses, minivans and subs carrying staff from the UN and international aid groups were making their way along the 525-mile route. April 23, 2023, 6.04 a.m. Eastern Time. April 23, 2023, 6.04 a.m. Eastern Time. Matina Stevies-Gridnef. European Union foreign ministers, who are set to meet in Luxembourg Monday for a planned summit, will also discuss how to handle further EU civilian and diplomatic evacuations from Sudan. Officials estimate there are fewer than 2,000 EU nationals still in Sudan. Only a handful of the bloc's 27 member states maintain a diplomatic presence in Sudan. April 23, 5.51 a.m. Eastern Time April 23, 2023, 5.51 a.m. Eastern Time. Matina Stevies-Gridnef. Greece's foreign minister Niko Stendia said that the country had dispatched two aircraft and 30 members of the special forces to Egypt over the weekend in preparation for an evacuation of 120 Greek and Cypriot nationals from Khartoum, some of whom had sought shelter in the historic Greek Orthodox Cathedral in the Sudanese capital. April 23, 5.11 a.m. Eastern Time. April 23, 5.11 a.m. Eastern Time. Declan Walsh. French Special Forces troops landed in Khartoum early Sunday to help evacuate its diplomats, according to Isildan El Safai, an aide to General Hamden. France's foreign ministry did not provide details on its evacuation operation. April 23, 2023, 5.05 a.m. Eastern Time. April 23, 5.05 a.m. Eastern Time. Abdi Latif Dahir. 
The two warring sides are now accusing one another of impeding the efforts to evacuate foreign diplomatic officials. Sudan's army and the rapid support forces both said the other's forces had injured a French national who was being evacuated. The claims could not be immediately be independently confirmed and there was no immediate comment from France's foreign ministry. April 23, 2023, for 42 a.m. Eastern Time. April 23, 2023, for 42 a.m. Eastern Time. Abdi Latif Dahir. Fighting was continuing for a ninth day in several neighborhoods of Khartoum, three residents said, even as civilians and embassy officials were evacuated from the Northeast African nation. April 23, 2023, for 39 a.m. Eastern Time. April 23, 2023, for 39 a.m. Eastern Time. Abdi Latif Dahir. The internet monitoring organization, Netblocks, said connectivity in Sudan was at 2% of ordinary levels. Two residents of the capital using two different providers said they started experiencing patchy connectivity an hour ago. It was not immediately clear what was causing the interruptions, though in the past the military has ordered providers to block the internet. April 23, 2023, for 40 a.m. Eastern Time. April 23, 2023, for 40 a.m. Eastern Time. Abdi Latif Dahir. Internet connectivity has saved lives since the start of the conflict, and its absence will make it more difficult for residents to avoid danger and stay safe. Isaac Motter, the director of research at Netblocks, said in an interview. April 23, 2023, for 26 a.m. Eastern Time. April 23, 2023, for 26 a.m. Eastern Time. Declan Walsh. Some U.S. officials have suggested that fighting had a meaningful pause in Sudan. In a briefing to reporters about the embassy evacuation, Assistant Secretary of State Malifi said U.S. officials were in contact with Sudanese leaders to identify a path to extend and expand the Eid al-Fitr ceasefire, referring to the Muslim holiday currently underway. April 23, 2023, for 33 a.m. Eastern Time. April 23, 2023, for 33 a.m. Eastern Time. Declan Walsh. But residents in several parts of Khartoum, reached early Sunday, said that there was no sign of a ceasefire. Gunshots and explosions continued to ring out. April 23, 2023, for 21 a.m. Eastern Time. April 23, 2023, for 21 a.m. Eastern Time. Charlie Savage. How the United States evacuated its embassy in Khartoum They were scattered around the city, holed up in apartments, as fighting once again ravaged Sudan. Less than 100 people in all, they worked for the U.S. Embassy in Khartoum, the capital of Sudan, and like so many others, they feared for their safety. As the situation deteriorated, Antony J. Blinken, the Secretary of State, and Mali Fee, the Assistant Secretary of State for African Affairs, had been in close contact with the U.S. Ambassador to Sudan, John T. Godfrey, according to U.S. officials. A decision was made to try and consolidate the various embassy personnel in a small number of safer places, John Bass, the Under Secretary of State for Management, said during a briefing for reporters. Soon after, officials came to the conclusion that they could no longer depend on there being food, fuel, power and other critical supplies to keep the embassy operating safely. 
It was only at that point that we reluctantly concluded that the only really feasible option for us in this case was to temporarily suspend operations, move those operations, our diplomacy, offshore, and continue to work from there, Mr. Bay said. The Pentagon had positioned more troops in recent days in the nation of Djibouti, about 800 miles away from Sudan, where the U.S. military has a base, to prepare for a rescue. But with the airport in Khartoum badly damaged by shelling and the land corridor to Port Sudan, more than 500 miles away, seen as too risky to use, a limited evacuation by airlift was seen as the best option, officials said. Two U.S. officials familiar with the operation, who spoke on condition of anonymity, said the military airlifted about 70 U.S. embassy employees using both helicopters and B-22 Ospreys, a plane that can take off and land vertically, from a site near the embassy after sundown. The Navy SEAL Team 6 Special Force was involved, one of those officials also said. The airlift additionally included a small number of diplomatic professionals from other countries, Mr. Bay said. They had lived in the same apartment buildings as some American diplomatic staff and arrived together at the embassy, he said. Essentially, they were working together to get themselves from where they were in harm's way to the embassy, in some cases with a fair amount of creativity and ingenuity, Mr. Bay said. Once they were at the embassy, we felt the prudent thing to do was to bring them out with us. In a statement addressing his decision to suspend operations at the embassy and calling on both sides to extend a ceasefire, Mr. Blinken said the government will continue to assist Americans in Sudan in planning for their own safety and provide regular updates to U.S. citizens in the area. April 23, 2023, 3.53 a.m. Eastern Time April 23, 2023, 3.53 a.m. Eastern Time Abdi Latif Dahir the Dutch embassy in Sudan said it would evacuate its citizens and embassy staff from Sudan to a safe location. The Sudanese deserve freedom, peace and justice and not a war, it said in a statement. April 23, 2023, 3.45 a.m. Eastern Time April 23, 2023, 3.45 a.m. Eastern Time Cassandra Vinograd France's foreign ministry said the rapid evacuation operation of its nationals and diplomatic staff was being coordinated in conjunction with its European and allied partners. This operation includes nationals of these states as well as European diplomatic staff, it said in a statement. April 23, 2023, 3.14 a.m. Eastern Time April 23, 2023, 3.14 a.m. Eastern Time Declan Walsh as the evacuations got underway, recriminations and even self-criticism continued over the West's approach to Sudan since the 2019 revolution that overthrew President Omar Hassan al-Bashir, and in particular toward the two Sudanese generals now at war. April 23, 2023, 3.16 a.m. Eastern Time April 23, 2023, 3.16 a.m. Eastern Time Declan Walsh Anna Salim Hogberg, a Swedish diplomat, said that Western efforts to hold the generals accountable for past abuses were too meek. We should have been screaming from the rooftops, I think now, she wrote on Twitter in an unusually candid admission from a diplomat. We danced around it, in a dance that took the country to the brink of the abyss. And now, God help them, the people and the country have fallen off the cliff. April 23, 2023, 3.13 a.m. Eastern Time April 23, 2023, 3.13 a.m. Eastern Time 
Abdi Latif Dahir. Many Sudanese people fleeing the conflict are trying to leave the country via land borders. But several citizens said many of their relatives or friends face challenges, including not having documents, valid passports or visas to neighboring countries, like Egypt. April 23, 2023, 3.07 a.m. Eastern Time. April 23, 2023, 3.07 a.m. Eastern Time. Declan Walsh. Within hours of the U.S. evacuation, other foreign groups also mobilized to leave Khartoum. A convoy of vehicles carrying United Nations personnel left the city from the headquarters of the United Nations mission to Sudan, according to a U.S. official. France said it had begun to evacuate its nationals. April 19, 2023, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. April 19, 2023, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. Cora Engelbrecht. We are paralyzed, Doctors Without Borders leader describes dire conditions in Sudan. More intense fighting on Wednesday that has trapped and traumatized civilians is deepening a humanitarian crisis in Sudan, where millions of people are without food, water or electricity in besieged cities across the country. As hopes for a ceasefire have flared and swiftly sputtered, many residents are imprisoned, pinned down in their homes by fierce street battles, aerial bombardments and sniper fire. It is a very bleak and dangerous situation looking forward, said Ghazali Babakar, who heads the Sudanese chapter of Doctors Without Borders, a medical charity that operates in conflict zones. The group has dozens of healthcare workers in the capital city of Khartoum, many of them experienced operators in dangerous situations. Still, they have not been able to treat a single case since the start of the fighting last Saturday and are unable to move supplies to hospitals on the brink of collapse, Dr. Babakar said. We're paralyzed, we cannot move, he said on Wednesday. Speaking by phone from Khartoum, Dr. Babakar said he had relatives locked down in homes across the region. One aunt, Butina Omer, had not dared to leave a windowless room in her home, where she is hiding with her husband and three children, since the start of the fighting on Saturday. It is as if they are living with a gun to their heads, he said. Their house in Omdurman, a city across the Nile from Khartoum, has been surrounded by fighting between rival military factions seeking control of the country. The walls are littered with bullets, Dr. Babakar said, adding that he had kept in close contact with his relatives over the phone. It is hugely frustrating, feeling powerless to help, but I cannot take the risk, he said. Dr. Babakar, who has worked in Iraq, Yemen and other war zones, said he has roughly 50 staff members who are waiting to be deployed with life-saving supplies that are packaged, ready to be loaded onto ambulances. But he said the streets are too dangerous and unpredictable to deliver aid to three operational hospitals where conditions are rapidly deteriorating, according to accounts from the Central Committee for Sudanese Doctors. We hear that staff there are exhausted, overwhelmed and running short on supplies, Dr. Babakar said. And we are stuck here looking at media on our phones. While his staff members and their supplies in Khartoum were safe for now, Dr. Babakar feared that acute fuel shortages across the city could mean that many medicines stored in warehouses could be rendered unusable by soaring temperatures that were expected to reach 100 degrees Fahrenheit, 38 degrees Celsius, on Wednesday. Conditions equally challenging elsewhere in the country for Dr. Babakar's team.
In El Fasher, Darfur, Dr. Babaker's staff had managed to treat 220 wounded civilians, although 34 of them had died from their injuries. And in Nyala, the capital of the region, a warehouse owned by doctors without borders and stocked with medical supplies had been looted. Nobody was injured in the attack, he said, but they took everything. Advertisement April 15, 2023, 1.32 p.m. Eastern Time April 15, 2023, 1.32 p.m. Eastern Time Declan Walsh Who is General Hamden, the leader of the Rapid Support Forces? After starting as a camel trader who led a feared militia accused of atrocities in Darfur, Lieutenant General Mohamed Hamdan has steadily amassed influence and riches in Sudan over the past two decades as he rose toward the pinnacle of power. Even when his one-time patron, the autocratic ruler President Omar Hassan al-Bashir, was ousted by pro-democracy protesters in 2019, General Hamdan turned it to his advantage, swiftly abandoning Mr. al-Bashir and, in the past year, reinventing himself as a born-again Democrat with aspirations to lead Sudan himself. At the same time, he allied himself with Russia and its Wagner private military company, whose mercenaries guard gold mines in Sudan and which has supplied military equipment to his forces. But General Hamdan faced perhaps his toughest challenge yet on Saturday, as fighting raged across the capital between his powerful paramilitary group and the Sudanese army under General Abdel Fattah al-Burhan. This man is a criminal, General Hamdan said in an interview with Al Jazeera on Saturday, lashing out against General Al-Burhan, the army chief who until Saturday was technically his boss and is now his mortal enemy. This man is a liar, General Hamdan continued. This man is a thief. He destroyed Sudan. The army hit back, with a spokesman disparaging General Hamdan a rebel. But the heated language brought home to many Sudanese that, despite his earlier talk about democracy, General Hamdan, a commander with a long record of ruthless action, was literally fighting for his future. And it was a reminder of a depressing reality, although protesters ousted the widely reviled Mr. al-Bashir in 2019, the military leaders who thrived in his brutal system of rule are still fighting to dominate the country. General Hamdan cut his teeth as a commander with the Janjaweed militias that carried out the worst atrocities in the western region of Darfur. The conflict, which began in 2003, displaced millions and caused the deaths of as many as 300,000 people. His ability to crush local rebel groups won him the loyalty of Mr. al-Bashir, who in 2013 appointed him to lead the newly created Rapid Support Forces. After protesters flooded the streets of Khartoum in early 2019, roaring for Mr. al-Bashir's ouster, General Hamdan turned on Mr. al-Bashir, helping to push him out of power. But two months later, in June 2019, when protesters demanding an immediate transition to civilian rule refused to leave a protest site, General Hamdan's rapid support forces led a brutal assault. His troops burned tents, raped women and killed dozens of people, dumping some of them in the Nile, according to numerous accounts from protesters and witnesses. At least 118 people were killed, according to Sudanese medics. General Hamdan denied any role in the violence and bristled at those who referred to his fighters as Janjaweed, despite the militia's key role in his rise to power. Janjaweed means a bandit who robs you on the road, he told the New York Times. It's just propaganda from the opposition. 
Since then, the Rapid Support Forces has evolved into far more than a gun-toting rabble. With about 70,000 fighters by some estimates, the force has been deployed to quash insurgencies across Sudan and to fight for pay in Yemen as part of the Saudi-led coalition. War also made General Hamdan very rich, with interests in gold mining, construction and even a limousine hire company. He has also emerged as a surprisingly agile politician, traveling across the Horn of Africa region and the Middle East to meet with leaders and developing close ties with Moscow. April 15, 2023, 10.39 a.m. Eastern Time April 15, 2023, 10.39 a.m. Eastern Time Abdi Latif Dahir Who is General Abdel Fattah al-Burhan, the head of Sudan's military? One of the rival factions of the Sudanese armed forces fighting on Saturday is led by General Abdel Fattah al-Burhan, a powerful military commander who has for years been a de facto leader of the African nation. Little known before 2019, General al-Burhan rose to power in the tumultuous aftermath of the military-led coup that ousted Omar Hassan al-Bashir, the authoritarian leader who was deposed after popular uprisings in 2019. Then the Inspector General of the Armed Forces, he had also served as a regional army commander in Darfur when 300,000 people were killed and millions of others displaced in fighting from 2003 to 2008. General al-Burhan had been closely aligned with Mr. al-Bashir. But when Mr. al-Bashir was ousted, his defense minister, Lt. General Awad Mohammed Ahmed ibn Auf, took over, pushing protesters to demand for his resignation. When General ibn Auf stepped down, General al-Burhan replaced him, becoming the most powerful leader of the country in a tenuous transitional period. General al-Burhan then went on to progressively tighten his grip on Sudan. After civilians and the military signed a power-sharing agreement, in 2019, General al-Burhan became the chairman of the Sovereignty Council, a body that would oversee the country's transition to democratic rule. But as the date for the handover of power to civilians got closer in late 2021, General al-Burhan seemed reluctant to hand over power. As tensions rose, Jeffrey Feltman, the U.S. envoy to the Horn of Africa at the time, arrived in Sudan to talk with both sides. Despite his differences with the civilian side, Mr. al-Burhan gave no indication that he wanted to seize power. But on October 25, just hours after the U.S. envoy left, General al-Burhan detained Abdallah Hamdok, the prime minister at the time, in his own house, blocked the internet and seized power, effectively derailing the country's transition to democratic rule. Two weeks later, he also appointed himself the head of a new ruling body that he promised would deliver Sudan's first free election. But that did not assuage opposition groups and civilian protesters who continued to pour into the streets every week to demand his resignation and the end to military rule. In December 2022, the military, represented by General al-Burhan and a coalition of civilian pro-democracy groups, signed a preliminary agreement brokered by members of the international community to end the political standoff. But that deal did not satisfy the demands of some civilians who continued to protest, or his biggest rival, Lt. General Mohammed Hamdan, the leader of the Rapid Support Forces, a powerful paramilitary group.